Diego boys. Hey, what's up? It's um your boy Pete. Diego boys. Diego boys, baby. How about that theme song? Hubba hubba. I'm not trying to uh get too behind the scenes inside baseball, but my door did break while recording it. And that's the reason that we've been in a hiatus for so long because we're constantly innovating. Um, we break down doors bigger, a lot. Um, and barriers, too. Yep, doors, barriers, ceilings. And I am dog-sitting. I do have two dogs here, and they are going to be loud. Um, so just that's a thing that's going to be happening. And I'm not going to apologize for it. Yeah, and over over here, too, um, for me, Anchor decided to not give me a choice on mic, so I have no idea how this is going to sound on my end, if it's through my AirPods or the computer or my well, fancy, can, fancy can, mic. At, at worst, it will sound the same as mine. So, Well, it's been a while. Um, how are you doing, Yeah, Josh? I'm all right. I was just thinking, like, it feels sort of like coming back from summer vacation or whatever. It was July, early July. was our Well, actually, that's when we posted our last episode. I mean, when we recorded it, it was probably still June. So, yeah, it's like... Uh, first day back at school or whatever i wonder if this is our longest hiatus and it probably is our longest hiatus also i i wouldn't know because i take no days off um i'm constantly working so i've never had a summer vacation before and boy boy do i hear that stuff in the back um yep 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 they're having fun for what it's worth they're having a great time and people they'll tire themselves out People had a great time with our last episode, episode two hundred. Two hundred. Um, I, I've, I've, I've seen multiple people, more Tens. than one. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly more than one. Um, no disputing have, that is more than one. More Can't, than inarguable. One. Um, and one person said that their favorite um, tip of our two hundred tips, and you can check that out. Two hundred tips, tips. Um, was number 43, um, don't kill your dad. It's just too much hassle. Um, great tip. Which was, which was a great tip. I, uh, completely forgot that. Um, I was just on so much sweet, sweet calf, which is my drink of choice right now today is, um, I'm drinking some, I'm, I'm drinking some sweet, sweet calf and boy, I mean, we're going to get into it, but. Boy, is this, this show just relatable? Because there's so many things that I also do, like sleep, drink that sweet, sweet calf, mm-hmm. betra- um, get jealous and betray people. I mean, like, yeah, uh, yeah. And let me tell, um, oh, I'm so, look, I mean, this is this podcast, Nature's podcast, this is a safer work podcast, but I'm just going to say there's a certain subsect of individual that's finally represented in Star Wars and canon. I know it's an individual I love talking about in the confines of cinema. It's one of my favorite cinematic archetypes. And to finally have it represented in Star Wars with that fella. Oh, boy. It's a big day. Big day for a subsect yeah. of individuals. Well, there's... Remember, Star Wars is for everybody, so... Yes, to um, include, those... include perturbed males. Of yeah. a specific subsect, because <laughs> um, listeners that have been with the Po Boys for 
good lord, two years now, would remember I'm sorry, how... do you think it's only two years? <laughs> sorry, hold on. Do you think we've only been doing this podcast for two years? Yeah, episode 200, two years. That's how that works. Oh, boy. My math is solid. I'm not sure how to break this to you. Um, I don't know how old you think you are. Well, I feel it. I feel it. In, oh, no, wait, that was COVID. I recently had COVID. Um, that's that's what I felt. But uh, no, we talked about um, a deep dive for, for those Poheads. We did, you know, this podcast originally was a Star Wars Resistance podcast. And there was the Great Blue Creep, who was a character for um, the, the creeps out there. Yeah. So Star, yeah. Wars, Star Wars is for everybody. There's yeah. um, subsects and there's different parts. I was surprised. <clears throat> they were a safe for work podcast, so... Um, I was surprised at the adult takes um, on Twitter that there were for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, so many things happened during Ander coming out. Like, it was within the week of the Queen's, like, funeral. And um, there's some tennis stuff. And just a whole ton of things. Um, also, in between, like... Mashuga Show. Mashuga Show. Um, some of the biggest franchises are airing this fall. Like, you know, there's the Game of Thrones show. I know you're psyched for La Brea season two. You do know La Brea's coming out. Maybe Manifest is going to be renewed on Netflix or something. This, um... Terra Verde, is that something you watch? La Brea, as as we're recording this, La Brea's going to come out in, like, um, two and a half hours. Oh, my Um, gosh. (laughs) I am, I am, uh, dialed in. Now, my, my, um, my non-Star Wars show is Never Have I which is this uh, Mindy Kaling show on Netflix that's mm. narrated by John McEnroe. And it's about this 16-year-old girl and her love life. Um, I, I just find it um, hilarious that John McEnroe is the narrator of it. But, um, Josh, what, uh, what Star Wars have you been doing since, since our break? Great question. I think the only Star Wars I've engaged in since our break is a few star wars comics two uh trade paperback collections came out uh both by guy who signed the books of the hosts of the show charles soul uh we've covered his work with um the first high republic novel light of the jedi he's still writing the main star wars book at marvel and he did he's doing a trilogy of events the first one was war of the bounty hunters we talked about that a while ago the second was crimson rain so that Crimson Rain book came out, uh, and I read that and was uh, excited to read it, but kind of a little underwhelmed. It sort of, I mean, I'm not going to give anything away here for people who are going to read it. It just sort of felt like halfway through a really exciting chess match, um, taking a break to read five issues of comic book about how all the chess pieces got set up, but that's not really what I wanted to read about. Uh, and then the the newest volume of the main star wars book that he's also reading um which has some interesting stuff and um had the big 25th issue of this volume of star wars which is i guess also the 100th star wars comic that charles soul wrote so they kind of made this big extravaganza and so it had it was like an anthology book that had stories from a few of the different star wars books charles soul has written he wrote a anakin and obi-wan book that takes place between episode one and two and they kind of had a story that goes there Throughout Darth Vader book, there's a story there. Most importantly to us, and as I referenced in the signing the books of the hosts of the show, he wrote the Poe Dameron comic book. And so 
fortunately slash unfortunately, there is a Poe Dameron story in there. Super excited, right? Me and Peter losing it. We can't wait. Can't wait for a new Poe Dameron story from friend of the show, Charles Soule. And it is the funeral of Snap Wexley. Oh. <laughs> I was like, yes! no! I will not read this. Um, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're having different takes. Um, Snap Wexley, probably one of the top ten most consequential characters. I mean... That bumbling buffoon is <laughs> catalyst for episode eight and nine. Um, yeah, they never mentioned that in his eulogy. So weird. Also, <laughs> you only had a wife. Um, I forgot I about that. But yeah. I, I am aware that um, Wedge is his stepdad because yeah, Wedge but he's he's episode... not aware of that, as you can tell from Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Yeah, I I remember seeing that and I'm like, oh, what? Wedge's stepkid's dead. He's not even caring. Yeah, um, yeah. That's one of those deep cuts that really make you question your fandom. Like, um, oh, I can't believe they didn't do that. Oh, I can't believe I care that they didn't do that. Oh, I can't believe that I know that. Yeah, or I can't believe I know that they didn't do that and I don't care. Which is its own bag of worms, Sun Pack. Uh, but that is that is the only Star Wars I've been up to. I am not ashamed to say, but I mean, you might notice we didn't do a Mudhorn Rakers for the Obi Wan Kenobi uh, making of special that came out. We talked about it maybe once over text, and then it just never happened. And I haven't watched that yet. I haven't even done that amount of Star Wars. Uh, I I am pretty sure I'm gonna bust open that giant star wars archives book that weighs like 50 pounds and i do think by the end of the year i'm gonna rewatch all the movies i'm gonna read that book and watch the prequels and then once you watch episode three you just keep on going probably so that's that's where i am at i know a little bit about the star wars and you've been doing and i'm curious for an update on but let's paint us paint us a picture of your summer vacation in star wars oh i was about to say my summer vacation outside of star wars um was eventful of witnessing global events and um, just jet setting all over these United States. Um, but no, my, I haven't really done any Star Wars thing. I um, and if you're wondering hung- what Pete's alluding to, yes, he is a drunkle, <sighs> Doctor Uncle. Congratulations, mm-hmm. Drunkle Pete. There you go. Yeah. Clearly, you wanted me to address it. There you go. Well, global event. I, Pete is a drunkle. Drunkle. I'm Pete. a drunk. I'm a drunkle, and um, it's it's honestly it's on me because I convinced my sister to name her kid Kylo, mm-hmm. and she she doesn't know anything about Star Wars, so I know all the connotation that goes into that, and I it's my job to make sure he doesn't become a serial killer. Um, so his name is. Um, you know, Kylo Poe Boy, um, because yeah. that's... Yeah, <laughs> I, that's another big thing you haven't really mentioned. You changed your last name to Poe Boy <laughs> since the 200th uh, Do- episode. Dr. Pete Poe Boy. Yeah, Drunkle Pete Poe Boy. Drunkle Dr. Pete Poe Boy. Um, there's that, so I definitely I definitely did that. But no, I haven't really um, Star Wars at all. Um, I think the, the biggest thing I've done is... Um, I finally, like, I have a bag of stuff from Celebration that's in my book bag. So, like, um, I think you might have the same Plo Koon 
um, button that we both have, or maybe I, I, I'm I don't have a Plo Koo one. I got a Rose Tico one from actual friend of the show, Sarah. Ass. Um, oh, those were from Sarah. Okay, yeah, I have. I, I have, have that. I don't have a Plo Koo one. I think I have the Plo Koo one from Sarah, um, and I put it on my bulletin board in my office, and I keep waiting. Like when a student comes in. I like basically turn my chair so that you see it. And I want someone to be like, oh, plug. you get a hundred bonus points. There you uh, go. But at, this, at this point, that has not <laughs> happened. Um, but no, I've, I've just been like everybody else. Um, bummed that Bad Batch um, basically stole all of our content. Yeah, um, well, I'm on the one hand, I'm relieved because for a minute there, they were saying Bad Batch was going to air in September and it looked like there was going to be some overlap between Andor and Bad Batch. And rather than, as we did in the past, doing multiple episodes a week, which we'll never do again, uh, we were going to do... So I was bummed at the like double workload, kind of, of it. If you can call um, talking into your phone while a bunch of dogs run up and down the room loudly work. But we came up with an idea where we were going to do... Because Bad Batch is, is Echo Boys. That's our show covering that. We were going to, for once, those two shows are at the same time, do Diego Boys v Echo Boys. And then every week have a different, you know, name. So it's going to be Have a like doing podcast, basically. Diego Boys versus Echo Boys. Resurrection. And we were going to have, like, criteria and grade the episodes and see out of the weeks they, uh, they faced off, you know, which show came out on top in the end. And I mostly just like the idea of coming up with, you know, funny words to go after Diego boys, the echo boys. And, but now we don't have to do that. Yeah. Um, plus bad batch is so good too. Yeah. Um, I can't of wait. The, of the two. I mean, I was very excited for, um, for Andor for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, basically, August and early September was, like, trailer month. So we saw, like, the Mandalorian Season 3 trailer that I saw. Oh, right. That's out. Celebration. We, um, have not even, we have not even texted about that. We've talked for multiple hours since that trailer came out. And I don't think we ever brought up that that trailer is out. Um, yeah. And it, it is out. Um, the, so is it the, it's the same thing you saw? Yeah, no? it's the same thing. What? Okay. Mm-hmm. but the ahsoka trailer is not out no and i i mean i said this on the pod i believe it was so loud at celebration they played the theme i still don't know what it is because people are screaming during the theme of ahsoka so i still have i still have no idea um what the theme is to that and then there was the um um show that they're doing where they're like explaining it's like an ahsoka story oh yeah tales of the jedi yeah tales of the jedi um that's gonna what come out later this year or is that next year that's a great question because i was was like hmm tales of jedi Hmm, tales of the poe boys done (laughs) and that was that was all the thought i gave to that but i don't remember october looks like it comes out in october Uh, i was also just thinking too though um, it's just brilliant that they're doing this because for me as a fan of old white people, I always want to know, hey, what were they up to younger? 
Like, what, what's, yeah. a yo, what's a young Joe Biden up to? What's a, what's a young Donald Trump up to? What's oh, a young, boy. What's a, what's a young Duke? Hey, listen, I'm trying to get all the demographics give me the, Give me a young Elon Musk. Give me a young Elon Musk. Young Joe Rogan. What's yeah. he into these days? <laughs> what's a young Joe Rogan up to? Did he have hair? Um, <laughs> so, um... I mean, that's, 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 I'm just, I'm really looking forward to that. It seems like he's pretty mean to Qui-Gon, um, which it seems like your dogs are super interested Yeah, in. they're, like, following me. I'm trying to move to where they aren't, and they're fighting each other and following me at the same time. It's not my dog sitting. I'm a great neighbor. Um, yeah, yeah, young Qui-Gon. Yaddle. Oh, Yaddle. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because it's... I'm blanking. Is it two stories over the episodes or three? I know it's going to be like a young Ahsoka, a young Dooku. I couldn't remember if there was a third thread. I think it's that. Uh, and it. Oh, I mean, I think Anakin. Well, Anakin would be with Ahsoka. Right, and I yeah. feel like there's Qui Gon, but then I feel like oh, Qui Gon's probably with Dooku. So mm-hmm. I can't recall because that'll be so October 26th, and we have. I assume that that'll be after... No, that, no. Andor will probably still be going on at that point. Well, Andor's what? Like 13 episodes? 12. So we have nine more weeks, though. I guess you, they could double up the finale. Um, they could, or they could double up the Halloween episode, you know, when they... Oh, baby, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's Halloween, everybody. It's oh, Star yeah, Wars. No, that's in five weeks. There's no way. Yeah, they're both going to be happening at the same time. So, But I'm wondering if... I assume because it's short like visions it might all get dropped at once um yeah and we'll have to talk about that because i know i know that you are are very strong in the opinion that um 2020 boys should be one episode um so yeah. well the tales of the po boys is one episode although yes. we've got a bunch of stuff down the pipeline too because there's also high republic stuff coming out oh, it's also in october yeah oh my God, so done with the show I forgot. That's yeah. That's in that's in less than five weeks too. Ugh. Yeah, I'm reading no. a book already. All right, I got finished reading that book. Yeah, my my thought would be to well, I mean, we'll watch it first. I think because I don't I don't think we'll, I don't think we should pair it up with with Diego Boys. I think it if only because it looks like a return to kind of Clone Wars and stuff like that. We should do its own episode for it. I would be I mean, after we watch it. I feel like we can decide if we want to cover the whole thing in one episode or if we want to cover, I guess the two different stories it tells in one episode each or whatever, but then there's also high repo voice. We'll see. I mean, yeah, that's decisions, out. decisions. And this is podcasting. This is the Pope. People voice. love listening to our show to hear us figure out what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, the pitter patter, what are the dogs in the background? Um, yeah. Are they, what ca- are they doing? I mean, why are they doing episode- it so much? This episode has space dogs. Um, these are the pit bulls of the Star Wars universe, is my guess. And boy, oh boy, do they love to um, show these dogs. Maybe that's why this show's taken like four years to produce. Um, you can tell you can tell it in the details of these episodes. Mm, mm. Um, I mean, I think we're about ready and locked and loaded to get into these episodes. What do you say? Yeah, there's one thing I'm trying to think of if we should talk about or not. What are we at? Twenty minutes? Yeah, we got three episodes to cover. Let's let's go for it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pop open my drink of choice. I had that sweet sweet cap and I'm now switching to my Topo Chico, which is fancy water that you need a bottle opener for. Oh yeah. Somebody 
uh, uh, friend of the show, Connor, friend of the show, security oh. guy who was on one episode, I believe. Cybersecurity guy. He, yeah. I went to his house and gave me Topo Chico. I'm not a big sparkling oh, water guy, but I was like, oh, this shout is out. nice. Um, I also want to shout out to our not money here, man, Pete. Co- not here. Our no, money man, Cody. No, who... this is not the venue. Big Pete news. Big news. Nope. <laughs> I don't care what he wants. Nope. He's got. Nope. Um, this is not the place for this. His name's now Big News nope. Cody. Nope. Okay. Well, let's get into the episode. <laughs> so, um, Andor, um, just called Andor, um, is they released three episodes, which in classic Star Wars, that Wednesday, none of them are titled, but now they're all titled. Oh, um, I haven't gone back or i didn't i didn't notice let's talk about this let's talk about this right up front this three episode thing right three episodes the first day this was not three episodes huge fan this was one episode uh, who are they trying to fool this was a thousand percent this was not three episodes this was one script there's no way there's no way this was written as three episodes the end of those first two episodes was nothing nothing it was preposterous and so clearly the climax of it is what happens in episode three it's crazy it's crazy Uh... there's no way what are they doing why did they make it three episodes i have a theory i think they're trying to juice their numbers and they're like oh 90 minutes nobody's gonna watch it less people watch it if we cut it down more people watch it we'd be like oh a billion people watched it instead of a third of a billion people something's a mess something's a mess i don't know what they're trying to pull I don't know what the trample. That was one episode. That was one episode they cut up into three. Wait, why? I don't understand. So episode one's called Casa. Um, episode two is called That Would Be Me. And then episode three is titled Reckoning. So clearly they had three episode titles. Um, oh yeah, because you can't come you... up with those off because those those titles, all three of those titles, are very dense and thoughtful. Those couldn't have been come up with on the fly. You know why they didn't post them on Wednesday? Because they didn't have them. Because <laughs> there's only one um, episode. All right, they call them Casa in this episode. <laughs> uh, just make make it Casa, make it Casa. <laughs> um, yeah, this. So I I feel like you should just talk about this as one episode because yeah, I know I agree. To your point, it is. I mean, I'm on the Wikipedia, and according to Wikipedia, um, the first episode was directed by Toby. The second episode was directed by oh Toby Haynes, and let's see oh, what the third episode. Who the, let's see who the third episode was directed by. Hmm. Um, um, um. Oh, huh, Toby Haynes. Oh, so and, freaking curious and weird. And then Tony Gilroy, he wrote all of this. Oh, um, which is, so weird. And I wonder who's catering on them. Probably three different people. Yeah. Yeah, and right. This guy, yeah, this right. Guy, Tony Gilroy, um, he, he's something. He he's popped definitely in something. at the end of Rogue One. Oh, he's the one that um, fixed, fixed Rogue One. Purportedly, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then yeah, he's also uh, done done some other stuff. He did Michael Clayton. He did a bunch of the Bourne movies, or maybe all of the Bourne movies. Oh yeah, because the last Andor trailer they released, they were like from the director of Bourne Legacy, and I was like, I mean, just 
you may as well just write from a director. Or just uh, write the from the director of a Bourne movie. Bourne Legacy, that's not a flex. That's not, don't, you know, you don't need a car. The Bourne movies are a flex, though. Yeah, Bourne Legacy is one with Jeremy Renner, Pete. Oh, I, Hawkeye <laughs> is one of my favorite um, top, <laughs> top 40 shows I've seen in the last five years. Right. I watch a lot of TV, so that's a really big deal. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> top 40 seems like pretty low, but. I mean, look, I, I have I, no problem. You know, Jeremy Renner's neither here nor there, but let's be real. If you're ranking the Bourne movies, the one without Matt Damon is not the one that you're going to be bragging about when you're trying to sell your new Star Wars what? show. I don't know. Matt Damon hasn't really aged well. What are you um, talking about? What, what a sweetheart I mean, that guy is. Oh, I'm like, he, if I look online right now, he probably got canceled for something. But last I checked, he had it. Yeah. So this show, um, there's a there's a series of plot lines for this of um, how this episode goes. I would say that um, you're a huge fan of this. I'm like neutral on it. There are flashbacks. I'm um, not. I'm. I'm not a huge fan of that. Actually, Pete, I don't know if you're um, misremembering because of after summer if, break, or if you're trying to have a laugh, or if you're trying to clown if, me to death. No, 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 I'm no. I'm actually no, you, not a huge. Fan you of specifically said the only time I like flashbacks <clears throat> are when they steal the premise to Lord of the Flies. <laughs> and then they just use that in Star Wars. No, because the kids don't turn on each other. Here, here is something I do. This I got to give them a lot of credit for. Is but I'm also I should have talked to you about this before. So there was no subtitles, right? No, there are no subtitles. I've watched the movie once, and I re- I watched the whole movie, and I was so impressed. I was this is a movie only God forgives, and I watched it on Netflix. And there was mm-hmm. no subtitles for the dialogue. It wasn't in English. And I was like, this is incredible. This is so cool. And then I was talking about it. And I was like, yeah, I think you just had subtitles off. There were subtitles. So I was worried that it was that again. But I thought it was cool that they didn't have subtitles for the language that the, the children were speaking on the planet. I give them that. I don't like a flashback. But I definitely like that. I'm... All I'm trying to say is, pray. Cool movie. Take out the English. Make all on Cherokee, no subtitles. Way better movie. I'm really curious what actual language. Um, we, yeah, I same. don't know. Oftentimes, but Star Wars has this um, very like Western centric thing of like they choose an actual language speak. They just assume yeah. that it's foreign because um, like the Conja Club um, in Episode Seven, they speak to in the Philippines speak and speaking but it's what alien language is that which does beg the question of like like like, that does beg the question of like how that's received because I think was it Lupita Nyong'o when she was cast in Force Awakens some of the press she did. I think she's saying the language that Nainam is speaking in Return of the Jedi was a language she spoke growing up. And I, it seemed, I mean, granted she was doing press for a freaking Star Wars movie, so, you know, could have been telling the, the party line or whatever, but it seemed like, as a kid, she thought that that was cool. So I'm curious if it is a language that is, you know, spoken IRL 
if, if speakers of that language are excited for that or if they feel like they're like, hey, what are you trying to say about our language? We don't have an alien language. It's a people language. I don't know. I'd be curious yeah, how that, was, that would be I mean, received. The, the directing of the kids was great, you know, in this like Lord of the Flies situation and um, how, I mean, I am curious how all these kids were stranded and how they only have blow darts for some reason. Um, and well, I don't know. In I think they're one, from there. Right, but what happened to all their parents? I mean, I guess they got that meltdown or whatever, the mining disaster. Yeah, I assume their parents all worked there. The mine. I assume the mine is a lie. Like that's just the the empire, Hmm. you know, like saying something. Actually, oh wow, I'm dumb. Good point. They literally say they're going to say Jeddah was a mining disaster or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I assume it's some. I assume it's some dumb element like coaxium or something oh that they're going after but um yeah i, I mean i don't know if they're Impossible gonna do a flashback area. of like all the adults being like hey go hide we're gonna try and revolt and they all get wiped out i i mean that whole well let's let's just spend some time on on the flashbacks um because yeah, we don't really have to talk about it all that let's much cover that first, um, yeah. shit they say it's a republic shit but um, the way that the show is positioned, maybe it's near the end of it. But also, those aliens are just so bizarre um, that are part of the Republic ship because the dead ones. Uh, yeah, the dead ones. Because we're I, trying I to figure out: that. are they aliens, or is whatever they ex- were exposed to turn them yellow, like kidney failure? Which is what happens when you watch oh. the show with a doctor, I guess. A doctor of medicine, not a doctor of trunkle. Um, so we, yeah, we were like, are those aliens? Or are they just poisoned? Yeah, I mean, I assume they're just aliens. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that's something. Like, are they going to explain that more via flash? Man, they have, I thought you know. we were done with flashbacks. Yeah, so that's that's nah. like super interesting. I've also like the when they pick him up, the mother, mm-hmm. um, in in the present tense. Although the, the dad presumably dies um, at this point. Also, spoilers for all of this. Um, <laughs> I don't um, know. I I I'm, let's say adoptive mother. I don't know. The 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 fellow didn't seem so keen on on picking him up. I could see him being like, "Yeah, good luck with that. I told you not to take him." But when they talk about his, I mean, all the thing is, if if you and um, I, if you and I are walking around on the streets, and there's like a stray cat or whatever, and it's the two of us, and you're like, "Oh, a stray cat," and take it, that doesn't make us both that cat's adopted dad. You you take on that responsibility. You can't do that to me. Just because you pick up a cat doesn't mean I have any responsibility to that cat. I did not agree to that. That's your cat now, Pete. The Bail Organa equivalent for him in this, I don't even remember the guy's name because he hasn't been introduced yet by name. He's the one yeah, that says your father was... He, he was the one who said your father was killed on the, on the square. Because that's when Cassian gets really upset during that negotiation. Um, so, I mean, that's just an assumption that I make. Uh, it's actually... You think it's that guy? Interesting. Yeah. Um... But no, it's, I mean, it's just weird, like, the Republic caring enough, trying to wipe out kids. So that's also one of those things of, I'm curious if that's right as the Empire's happening. 
and they're right. still calling it the Republic, even though it's not, it's, you know, actually the Galactic Empire. But, um, hmm. yeah, I mean, good point. Here, let me, let me throw a bunch of people's names at you. Okay. Um, and I don't remember any of these people. Oh boy. Okay. Tim Carlo, Bix Colleen. I don't know um, them. That first guy is that special guy who's a trailblazer for <laughs> some <laughs> some some fellas out there. Um, Bix, yeah, yeah. Um, pre more authority. Nope. Um, Fest Canari. Nope. Um, Kravis Drexer. <laughs> Verlo Skiff. And for the record, I do I do want to throw out there. This is like a preview of our three hundredth episode. Uh, keep going. <laughs> um, um, Deputy Inspector Cyril Karn. That's that's the. Oh yeah, that's um, the Deputy Inspector. Yeah, that's the Deputy Inspector. Um, um, <laughs> I, I love this. So that like stodgy like um, guy who like helps. The inspector, you know, get the team together. The guy um, who's like, I'm picking up what you're putting down. He's like, and, well, he's the guy who distinctly is like, um, he, he's the person that wants to be a soldier, but isn't a soldier. Right. He's the enlisted guy who's like enabling him. Yeah, who's like, um, the only way to um, use sharp, you have to like sharpen a blade or yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is a great line. Um, his name is Linus Mosk. Nice, Sergeant Linus Mosk. That's a great um, name. Yeah, there aren't lot, enough Linuses in the world anymore. Well, a, a lot of these cast members were great. Like, oh that, yeah, like that guy was great. Um, I just hate that inspector so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, that Paul Ryan looking fella. <laughs> the Paul Ryan looking fella. Um, Cyril Karn, Deputy Inspector Karn. I mean, you you really uh, dislike those people for sure. But I, yeah, I don't, the the dynamics between like that corporate police structure and you know the denizens of the planet that's name I can't remember. That was, I mean, they really went for something with this show, and I feel like some of the like actively trying to push the edges of the like adult stuff and being like a little racier and stuff I felt was like why to what end I don't know we're trying to prove but the interactions there between the inspector and the populace and all that stuff I don't know if you've any listeners have seen like Battle of the Algiers uh, or anything like that but I don't know it was a really cool like it really leaned into the like colonialist rule of it all and like the the um yeah, it was it was it's fascinating. I really well, you... fe- it felt like a tinderbox. Like it felt like it was ready to explode. This felt like the most rebellion of like any Star Wars thing. I don't know. Well, it, it was great. And also, it also felt like a lot of times when you look at these planets, um, you're like, how in the? F- I mean, it is a long, long time ago, but you know, the future. How in the future do these people earn a paycheck? And all those people working. Um, for the pre-mox or uh, corporate, whatever, whatever. Like mm-hmm. some of them were like, um, "Can he really boss us around? Is this overtime? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to work all night. I don't want to work all night." Um, it, it had a lot of like just very funny 
very relatable work um, dynamics. Oh yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed. Did you notice that the head inspector um, is from from Game of Thrones? I think I did, but I couldn't place him. He definitely yeah. looked familiar to me, and I really enjoyed his scene and his character, but I couldn't place him exactly. Yeah, that interaction was great. Of like, listen, um, here's the reality. Um, these people shouldn't have been here. Um, you should cover it up because the less the less noise that's on us, the better for our superiors. Yeah, and it, it really also painted a picture of like, here's how these security networks exist before the empire had to like basically double down on everything because of open rebellion happening. But um, he's he's um Royce um, from House Royce in uh, Game of Thrones. So he's he's like the named character for the Vale. Um, that like comes to Sansa's aid hmm. in in uh, Game of Thrones. That like is played off of Baelish and played off of Sansa. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that guy a lot. Because- oh, yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. I know who you're talking about. I can picture him now. Because um, you know the thing. The thing that they really pigeonhole themselves with are every bad guy has to be like white, and every bad guy has to be British. Um, <laughs> I guess they. I, I mean, they do have our, our, our boy Linus Mosk as like a. Like Scottish kind of guy, mm-hmm. but you know you have to run through the rolodex of like white British or people that can do a British accent in order to have a villain set in this universe. Absent, you know, a bounty hunter, which uh, doesn't look like they're going to be doing. Um, but no, I, I mean it. I, I, I love that parallel you're doing of like um, colonial rule and kind of seeing how that world is going, and also this is a perfect example of like a hot shot who like, you know, is I idealistic. He is doing things, not knowing any of the consequences, whatever. So this like inspector, Cyril Carr, deputy inspector is just, you know, being a brat about literally everything of like, Oh, you're gonna have to work all night. Two of our people are dead. I can't believe you're doing this. I idealistic. I mean that when um, he's supposed to give that speech. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was mm-hmm. so good because um, our boy Linus is like, that was really great when everybody knows that was terrible. Um, oh, boy, that ship. I mean, I know you're not a big Legos guy anymore, but that is a ridiculous ship that um, they were using. Yeah, there were some really cool ships. I, I enjoyed a majority of the ships that popped up in this first uh, uh, try episode, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the other thing, too, that I really related to about this episode was I've been accused of being a bad friend, and boy, oh boy, is Cassian a terrible friend, and just owes, I mean, I, I don't, I've never owed people money, but um, they do a really good job of, like, not explaining all the friendships he has, so, like, the girl who's not a girlfriend, um, whose name... Right. I will Bix. Bix? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, oh, Bix Colleen. Okay. By who's played by um, Adria Arjona. I'm, I apologize if I miss, messed that up. And then the other guy, her like coworker slash boyfriend, is that Tim? Mm-hmm. Tim Carlo. Um, yeah, Tim. <laughs> Tim Carlo. <laughs> is it the Paving first the Tim way. in Star Wars? Paving the way in more ways than one. 
Um, yeah, you don't know like what their connection is. I mean, clearly, um, he. I mean, he's he is a bad friend. Um, all these people like him a lot, but he is um, for a bunch of them. He has um, used his his goodwill up. So, like you know, he has that friend yeah. in the shipyard, and he is just abusing friendships left and right. Some of them are still willing to. So there's that guy at the construction yard or whatever. Yeah, at the glove the gloves, store. <laughs> the glove store, which I love that. I thought the glove store thing was great. I like that um, actor a lot. In that, in that yeah, I, I never, I had never seen him. Because you do, you um, imagine. I mean, it, you, you make a really good point of these relationships are so fleshed out with just the brief snippets of dialogue we get between Cassie and, and and these characters and it does paint a picture of like oh these aren't his first friends these are like his only friends left and you imagine there's probably a parade of people who just got like fed up and angry with Cassian but this friend of his who works at the glove store you can really kind of feel that he's like that's Brazo sad for his friend or like he like like that he cares for Cassian but he's just like I wish you wouldn't like you know ruin your life or or whatever and there's like well, a, a pity there and a love there that was really he's compelling. like he's like you got to get back to work right and he's like hey your lie um is offending me because i wouldn't drink that yeah. obviously i drink that sweet sweet calf instead and they and... do say calf have we talked about that yet i've been sleeping um, on it but they say calf in this yeah. which might be the first live action use of calf which is another thing that the show is making history for yeah they they 100 do tim um says hey the i was just about to do the calf and here here's some of the calf um coming from your boy tim carlo um can i get you any calf I'm, i'd love to get you some calf but no it just seemed it just seems so lived in right like um brazo just is like i'm willing you know why is this this bad? But instead of asking that, he is just like, here's my friend. I'm going to do this. And you better get back to work. Um, which is great. Even that father-son duo that, like, saves... Yeah. Um, saves Bix. Bix. <laughs> yeah, Bix. Look, we've got a lot on our plate. Next week we're going to be better. It's a, you know, you know what it's like first week back at school. You gotta, you gotta warm up. You gotta remember your locker combination. We're getting there. Give us a break. All right, I actually have the list of characters in the first episode. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say their names. Okay. Okay. So all, all the kids in the flashback are called alphas. Oh hell yeah! All right, so the opposite of this new guy who showed up, Tim. Um, um, Time Grappler is played by Neil Bell. What now? Uh, Time Grappler. Is this I, the I, guy I, who hits the hammer? Who hits yeah, the thing? I, Time I, Grappler? Yeah, that's his name. Time Grappler. Wow. He grapples the time. Would that I had enough knuckles to get that tattooed <laughs> on my fist. Oh, and that's a Beskar anvil. A, an anvil of Beskar, which makes oh. zero sense. I don't know why you wouldn't just steal that. Um, we got your boy, um, Salman pack wilmon pegla brasso nurchi um bix kayleen tim carlo marva andor okay marva B- yep oh her B- last T- name is andor mm-hmm. well i mean i think that's i mean that's that's certainly so his name is based off of her name so that's right. not his board name yeah um 
we got Luthen Rail. Um, so his last name is Rail. Um, Luthen Rail is Stellan Scar. Yeah, Stellan Skarsgård's name. Right. Lu- I Luthen Rail. I didn't catch his last name. Luthen Rail. Um, Luthen. Luthen. Luthen oh, Rail. Luthen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, he's, he's good. Good. I assume from the trailer, he's like the um, Bail Organa. Um, like I think he's connected to money. Um, mm. That's like I'm. I'm pretty sure he has some political position, and he's yeah. that kind of equivalent because they, you know, they have some military people, but most of them are like senators from worlds that have diplomatic immunity, but are you know operating outside of that to try and get back at the empire. Yeah. Um, and then, Hear me and out. Then we have here's, here's let's pause real quick and let's talk on Luthen mm-hmm. real quick. My 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 big hot take of the premiere or whatever. And so I feel like Luthen is set up to be like, he's a hero. He's a connection to the rebellion or whatever. But then like, as we see in Rogue One, there is like a dark kind of cold killer side to the rebellion. That's more extreme. And the first thing we see Cassian do here is he accidentally kills a guy to the point where, you know, watching it with Mrs. Columbo and we're both like, that guy's not dead. And I feel like maybe that was intentional because it's so clear that like, Cassie's not trying to kill anyone. He's just kind of trying to survive and he ends up accidentally killing a guy, which is a really nice mirror to when we first meet him in Rogue One and he's in an alley with that informant and he does just straight up kill him. And whereas when we meet him in Andor, it's clear he doesn't know what he's doing and he accidentally kills a guy. And then after joining the rebellion, after joining this big cause, when we meet him in Rogue One, he knows exactly what he's doing and he kills a man, which is kind of worse. Like he murders a guy in cold blood. And the idea that like Luthen is presented as this way out. And again, we're like, oh, he's part of the rebellion. Cue Luke Skywalker theme song. But it seems to me that like the Cassian we meet after he gets hooked up with this Luthen guy, he might have direction, which he's lacking at first, but he's maybe a worse person. Like he is about, he's about to head on a journey. Like it's this whole premiere is like, Oh, he's off on an adventure. He's, you know, it's like Luke Skywalker finally leaving Tatooine, but looking ahead, it's like, Oh no, he's off to like, he's going to be doing some stuff, some not pretty stuff. Well, up until episode three, um, if you think this is, you know, three distinct episodes, this was also um, how to get away with murder, Star Wars edition. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, here's where I was, wiping, you know, everything clean away. But no, I mean, I think you're, I think you're 100% right of like in Rogue One, when he's, you know, going to sure death and he gets all those other people, it's like he's done so many terrible things. Mm-hmm. And this show is going to show a lot of them of the terrible things that he's done because presumably too um it's not going to work out for his friends on um fest which i think is the plan Maybe. That they're on yeah yeah um, and i i do think having that in mind that foreshadowing in mind of the darkness that cassian's journey is very likely to take i think stellan scars guards performance is all the more impressive because he does have this sort of charisma. And when he's talking about the Empire and when he's talking about rising from fighting them, you are compelled. And you're like, yeah, no, let's do that. Let's do that. 
and you can you can understand why Cassie would be like, okay, fine, you know, I have no other options. But you know, I seen Dune. I know that this is a guy. I seen Deep Blue Sea. This is a guy who can just as quickly probably turn the other way. Like watching everything, watching his performance in Episode Three here, I feel like when things go forward and take a darker turn and you look back on his performance in this, it'll be like, well, yeah, look at the guy. Look, look at how he was acting. Like it's, you can read it. I feel like either way. And he does have that kind of like sinister undercurrent. I don't know. I thought it was a great performance. And I thought Diego Luna's performance is so freaking good. Here's a big, my biggest complaint <laughs> about this premiere is on Disney plus day, they did a reel, like a sizzle reel kind of thing for Andor. And they released a full scene. And it was that scene with Cassie and, and Luthen meeting and Diego Luna doing that incredible, incredible monologue about how you steal from the Empire. You just sneak right in and they can't imagine someone like me would ever get in there. And I mean, it's, I, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. His performance was so good. But that's the clip they released ahead of time. And that's like the climax of the premiere. And so I'm watching that first episode, first third of the first episode, I'm just saying. And that doesn't happen. And in the back of my head, I'm like, well, this is where it's going. So all those first two episodes, I was just like, this is all one thing. Let's get to that. Let's get to that scene you show me. And I think, I do think they maybe well, shouldn't have released that scene. Because <laughs> that's the best part of the premiere. Well, and it also, I mean, for me, I think that so like it i wasn't as impactful for because for me the end of that episode when they show him starting that journey and they do that flashback of mm-hmm. you know the sun's hitting him and he sees like his his parents um from that cockpit and then now he's going with luthan that really hit me plus they go into that violin too for the um the theme for this which was just i mean it was um hit really well Great, uh, great work on the score, which I think the uh, the the most complimentary thing I could say about it is that it, it was like at times like there's times where they got like a full drum kit. I think towards the end of episode two, part two, whatever, we're casting Tang to the heading to the meeting point, and They've just got like straight up drums playing like a drum set playing. That was great. But then there were so many sequences like during that big action sequence with all the chains and stuff. There was some score, but it was like super in the background and, and very understated in a way well, that was very classy. And I apologize for forgetting the name of the composer, but so I, was, he, I think they did a great job. He's a composer. His name's Nicholas Brattel. Mm-hmm. And I, the movies that I think he's well known for, for a soundtrack I haven't seen. So like the ones that pop up are Moonlight, If Beale Street Could Talk. Oh, Wow. Yeah, um, because he also did Battle of the Sexes, Don't Look Up, The King, which I've seen those three Moonlight, movies. Though. Moonlight, though. Yeah. Moonlight, Bill Street Could Talk, working with Barry Jenkins. Oh, wow. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, incredible. I, if Bill Street Could Talk, I mean, who knows? If, you know, you can't really base off trailers of, like, if the soundtrack's great, but, like, right. bo- both of those, um, I think, are pretty well known for their soundtracks of making those emotional appeals you know more impactful so i mean he's 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 certainly for what they're choosing um and the choices that they made with music at certain points um have been spot on Mm -hmm. um that like drum notification um 
Um, Incredible. Hometown, um, was was good. Um, it was interesting because it was longer than the trailer, right? So it was more impactful in the trailer mm-hmm. of what they were doing. Like, you know, you think they're preparing for like a battle or something. Um, but I, I enjoyed that immensely of, you know, letting everybody know what was what was happening and people being ready to like basically hide. Um, well, and it also like it, I don't just, the complexity here of, of it does manage to like, I'm not, like it, it puts you, you can imagine how those corporate goons are feeling. I'm not empathizing with them, but this like, you can, you can, you can see the writing on the wall and they're just like, Oh, something bad is going to happen because these goons came in here and kicked down doors. Didn't realize that there aren't the ones in charge here. And now they're getting afraid. And the populace is like, Oh, we're actually like a big deal. We outnumber you, but you can, you can feel like, the public's resentment and the fear in the boots on the ground. And it's just like, this is going to explode. I mean, more than, I mean, I, I love Star Wars Rebels, but it's also, you know, it's a kid show. It's not going to get that intense. Uh, th- this moment in episode three with the building tensions is just, I mean, that the spark of rebellion, I feel like is something they talk about constantly. Like the whole thing of like the end of the last Jedi is like, Oh, we're rebels now. And you know, it's all good. But like, this was the most, in any Star Wars that I have ever seen, that I was like, oh, rebellion. And like, this is, this feels like a rebellion. This feels like a revolution is about to happen. Because well, it's can, such a good, mm-hmm. well, you just, you, yeah. can, you can just feel the conflict. And you can, I mean, it's, it's, it's frightening. Like, I'm not even, as that episode is concluded, I'm not even frightened necessarily for one side or the other. I'm just like, oh, something, it's going down. It's going to happen. Something bad is going to happen. Violence is going to happen. It's going to pop. You know, the fuse has been lit. This is not sustainable. And it's also such a logical transition of like, you know, that the military presence of the empire is going to happen because, you know, the deputy inspector explained this. Um, Like almost all of those troops die except for and the inspector, the little inspector buddy. Um, mm-hmm. And also, you know, the only person that had any cultural awareness was our boy, Linus Musk, of, you know, explaining where things were. Because that North team was like, there are no street names. I have no idea where we're going. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of also how our boy Tim Carlo dies of, you know, a hot shot. Right. Fires the first shot. And, um, you know ends up getting killed because he's unaware that um, the entire village, the entire area is against him, which was also just a beautiful moment too of like, I can't believe that moron didn't realize because, you know, none of them are battle tested. Um, Even Linus Musk probably isn't, but he's the only one with any experience of what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just also a great moment. I mean, it was like that awareness too of like when, when that guy dies in that ship and then um, one of the people are like to, to Musk, like, hey, that means they're behind us. Yeah. And he's, he's, I mean, he says, you know, he swears and is um, just getting outmaneuvered left and right. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it was so, it was so interesting too, because when he is like, hey, we need to retreat, we're surrounded, we need him to retreat. We know that he's perfectly safe. Um, unless the villagers come after him. 
You know? Well, that's the thing, yeah, because we we don't actually know because we know he's safe from Cassian and Luthen, but I mean that's like the stakes that are built up over that episode are such that I'm like, oh yeah, how is the public going to react to this? I mean, some of them are, you know, they're going to hide and stuff, but it, I don't know. It's there's enough going on that it's like, oh, but maybe some of them won't, and maybe they'll swarm these guys. Or I mean, it's just like I said, it it felt like it was going to explode. Like, and you well, can you can empathize with their fear so much. Like you're like, oh, I don't know, and just and it's like, oh, they're afraid, and they have weapons. They're going to do something cruel. They're going to do something stupid. I don't know. It is yeah, it is incredibly well done. Incredibly well, and, well done. And just and and also, they're doing such a go- a good job of weaving the rebellion, right? Like mm-hmm. rebels, you know, explained the Lothal cell. Um, Solo explained that cell um with the name who's the, the biker cell emphasis nest emphasis nest who i think is in the show that would be great i think i think she's confirmed that she's going to be in at some point interesting but you know they through you know three episodes that's one they show luthan's cell right bix and her sophisticated communication with that father-son duo where mm-hmm. she's just like hanging out with hoses and like moves them around so she can communicate. Like they're a very sophisticated cell that and Cassian is completely unaware of. Um, yeah. Yeah. And again, and, and then it's also just this is just one planet, and you have to multiply it out. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Like Mon, I... Mon, Mon Mothma's in this. Yeah. And um, you, you know, they've never explained her cell. They've no, just kind of no, they explained don't. her as as like one of the heads. Mm-hmm. So is like she part of Luthen's cell? I mean, in the trailer, Luthen and her talk. Okay. Um, so it's like, what connection does she have? What's what's happening in that direction? But um, no, I mean, I think um, if you're looking for Lord of the Flies, how to get away with murder throw that at the window and then you know you get into the <laughs> reckoning um i was not expecting that you know people we were having this conversation off mic of um with marvel it's so hit or miss of you know this is a comedy this one's more serious this one has different tones and stuff like that in star wars um it doesn't really do that um it kind of it is a narrower tone for sure yeah and it's more I mean, it's more of a singular timeline of like, yeah, weaving through those things. So this is not the good guys are not going to win this. Um, they might have some victories here and there, but we also know where Andor ends up. We don't know where a lot of these other people end up, but we know Andor is not next to any of them in Rogue One. No, so no. you have to right because I'm yeah, and in Rogue One we see him answering to this guy Draven is his mm-hmm. like handler or whatever which which yeah right. makes me think oh what's gonna happen with luthan yeah. um yeah I, I it i think this third part was some of the best like self-contained episodic star wars i've i've ever seen it was so good and honestly i it's i mean again i know i'm like it's a little bit of a bit, but I do really feel like this was all one episode. And part of me want like, I like the first episode fine. I like the second episode fine. That third episode blew me out of the water. And I do wonder like if it had all been released as one chunk, if I wouldn't just be 
over the moon just because it was all i mean i watched them days apart because i you know i don't know yeah i'm gearing back up like i said we're coming back from summer vacation and after like being away from star wars for a bit i'll admit i was excited for diego luna i love his performance i wasn't like losing my mind that this show was about to come out um so i think my expectations my expectations weren't low but i wasn't like i said i wasn't it wasn't the like top of my to-do list on that day when it came out and it took me a little bit longer to watch them. I mean, ordinarily, I would have been down here first thing in the morning. I watched all three. Boom, boom, boom. Over. Um, but, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm getting back to a galaxy far, far away. But I oh, man, this third part was so good. And I do I do wonder what I would think of the first two parts if I had watched if it had been one chunk, if it had been one 90 minute premiere. I feel like they maybe shot themselves in the foot. I feel like, like I said, I feel like they're thinking, let's get these ratings for first episode up and split it up. I don't know. But that third that third part was just so good. So good. Yeah. I feel like they do a lot of lip service to Rebels and Rebellion, and it just becomes a buzzword in Star Wars, but I really felt it in the end of the year. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to what this next episode is going to be of. Is it just a complete aftermath episode and Andor being like, I have to get back, I have to get back? Is it going to be on Fest and explaining Bix and having to deal with the you know death of her boyfriend right because gonna... you got to assume she's going to come back right i mean we're assuming she's not done well and it's her radicalization too right like yeah. she witnessed this thing where yeah and then had really... to stare at it handcuffed to a wall for who knows how long that was intense yeah. because it, it also shows in that of like she's not a soldier she is a person no. that's for the cause mm-hmm. because she didn't you know no to you know run with the crowd she was you know in a full sprint to try and help cassian mm-hmm. whereas you know cassian would be able to blend in a crowd in rogue one cassian mm-hmm. so i mean it's also a story of her radicalization what happens to his stepmom who can barely walk and you know, yeah. clearly they, would, they would come after they would come after her I was, after this, I really did think we're done with flashbacks. I don't know why I was stupid enough to think that, but now all the things you're saying, I'm like, oh, we're, we're going to get a lot more flashbacks, aren't we? Well, and also, like, the premise of this is he's trying to find his sister, too. Right, which we haven't talked about yet. Which, like, yeah. is that code for something, or is that actually happening? I mean, he has, you know, there's a little girl that he's close with in a flashback, so presumably that's his sister, but... Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're in for more flashbacks, aren't we? Oh, well. Oh, for sure. And it's also, I mean, there will be a flashback of, like, you know, his mom, who's a scavenger, teaches young Cassian some lesson and <laughs> uses that to, like, oh, I hate lessons. hotwire the oscillator to connect the power. Yeah, well, if you were going to show us how to hotwire an oscillator, that would have been useful before we did 200 tips. Um, well, this is um, our first step into getting to episode 300. So. Yep, that's right. <laughs> 201, baby. Episode 201. Um, well, I think that's a good spot to end right there. Um, and we'll check the email next week. I know a lot of you sent us notes. We haven't looked. I'm sure that we'll, we'll get to that next week. We need to well, warm it's up. Probably, it's just probably a bunch of like, hey, are you guys alive still? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wellness checks. <laughs> We're we're starving for content. We're oh. the content kings. We're here. We're uh, here. Chefs in the kitchen of content. So uh, if you want to get a hold of us, podcast at gmail.com, and we will see you next week. See you. Bye.